Welcome everyone to It Takes Two with your host. The hostess with the most is Shayla. And me. This is a show where Shayla gives you her expert opinion and then I tell you the truth. During today's episode, we'll discuss how to fight fair when you inevitably fight with your spouse. We'll answer a few questions about kids fighting in school, teaching independence, and what age to allow your daughter to wear makeup outside of the house. As always, we'll provide you with our parent tips of the day, give you a quick confession, and tell you who our favorite child of the week is. So our topic of the day is fighting fair. Um, so fighting with your spouse. Rule number one is listen. Um, I think uh, I have an issues. <laughs> I have issues with that. Um, I struggle with that often because um, D always says uh, I listen to respond and not listen to you know actually like listen and take in. And, um, I can, you know, agree with that the majority of the time. I probably, I probably, um, do that. I have, a um, it's hard for me to like listen for long periods of time to everything. So then I like end up inevitably interjecting continuously while he's talking. So, um, I think it's important to, to like really listen to what the other person is saying to try to understand where they're coming from and I struggle with that still so I chose not to cut Shayla off because I am working on listening but like really listen stay focused in the moment not waiting for your turn to speak not thinking about what you'd rather be doing because someone's talking too much and it's getting too long really listen and try to understand your partner's point of view um like Shayla said she clearly just either she's gonna cut me off and I know all y'all out there listening think that all I do is cut Shayla off, but... He does not, that often, too, so let's, let's not get it twisted. Me off. For instance, she just cut me off. <laughs> but, so, so conversations with Shayla are either her just cutting me off or her just totally not listening. Like, she won't sit still. She'll walk around. She'll start doing things. She'll pick up her phone. She's got to go to the bathroom. And she'll yell from the bathroom, I'm still listening. But she wasn't listening when she was, like, right in front of me, so I know she's not listening in another room. For those of y'all that know D, know how long-winded he is. Like, so literally, like, all the stuff, like, we talk so long, I have to use the bathroom and get something to eat. Take a nap. Like, that's how long. You know how right I usually am. (laughs) So if I'm long-winded, I'm just dropping jewels of life on you. And really, what you should be doing is getting out, like, if you're going to walk somewhere, walk to the fucking desk and get a pen and a pad and write down notes for all the greatness that I'm providing you with. Anyway, moving forward, because before Shayla cuts me off again because I'm talking too much, our second rule is make arguments based on facts and logic, not emotion. This doesn't mean don't discuss your emotions, because you discussing your emotions, if you say, what you did makes me feel this way, that is a fact. But you saying, I feel like this is this, this is this, then that's just your emotion. I feel like blah, 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 whatever. I can't even come with an excuse because Shayla's entire like world is based off her emotion. And I'm not really like a super fan of that. But understand the way you feel about something doesn't change the dynamic of what it, what it is, even though it may change your outlook on said <coughs> issue. So while discussing your emotions, be able to step away from your emotions and actually look at the situation as it is, like, logically. Shayla? I think um, I think the whole basis of an argument is emotion. 
Like when you, when you have when you have when you're in a relationship, like the majority of the time, like either you like eat it and you're like, you know, it's fine, you compromise or whatever. Or a lot of times, like if you have something, you're like, no, I feel strongly about this, which is an emotion. Like I feel strongly about this, so this is what I'm gonna choose to like like stand on. I'm gonna like say this. So I think I mean I think it's important like yeah like not be like uber emotional but I think at the same time like emotion is a big part of arguing arguing in relationships. So yes I think you have to put it based on facts and logic but I think emotion also plays a big part of that. No. Here's the thing like you can say I feel strongly about something and therefore you care more. That's one thing but all arguments aren't based on emotion. Like, if, if I say, hey, I need you to go, I don't know, take the car to, like, you tell me, hey, I need you to go take the car to get service, and I don't do it, and I said I was going to do it, and we have an argument, that's not based on emotion. Now, if you turn around and say, you don't give a shit about me, because every time I should do something, you don't do it, and blah, blah, and you don't care about things important to me, like, that's emotion. When the fact is, maybe I forgot to do it, maybe something else came up, and that needs to be discussed. Everything's not based on emotion, but clearly that's how you live your life, and all your <laughs> all your no. decisions and statements are based on emotion. No, like they're based on fact too. No, but like it's no because like if life. you don't if you Except don't take the, the car, if you don't take the car, I feel like you don't think that what's important to me is important to you. Like you feel like I should be the one that takes the car to get the oil change, even though I'm busy. Like so, it's how I feel. If if it was nothing, I would just take it. So then, what you need to do is discuss how you feel and say this makes me feel this way, not you projecting your emotions onto my actions. You can say your actions made me feel this way, not saying you feel this way because this is how I feel. My emotions don't necessarily match to your emotions. Makes sense to me. Moving on. So, rule number three, don't raise your voice. This is a biggie because um, we consistently raise our voice. I'm just loud by nature, so I have oh issues. Like, I could just be talking to you like normal and I'm loud, so a lot of times people have to, like, let me know so I can, you know, drop that down down a notch. And then when we argue, it's also, like, I get overly excited and get loud. And I'm not necessarily yelling, but I'm loud. Like, I can start out loud. And then um, D has the same issue. He'll get loud. And D likes to get loud in public places. So we'll argue about something, and then he'll get loud, and I'm like, you need to you need to like lower your voice and then he gets angry that i ask him to lower his voice because we're in a public place and then it just like ends up getting worse or then we just don't even talk at all so i think this is a biggie i think um for everybody i mean we have the tools but you know sometimes we forget that they're in our toolbox when uh we're in this situation but i think it is important to try not to raise your voice to try to like when you have disagreements or arguments just try to like go because when you start raising your voice that's emotion so you bring all that emotion and all that anger or all that like sadness or you know whatever in it and then you end up you know yelling and cursing and you don't even get your point across because the other person kind of shuts down so let me wrap up what Shayla said in a more effective way not saying matter of fact not a more effective way it's just a different way Shayla yells Shayla clearly has a hearing problem so she cannot tell that she's loud. When I'm loud, I know I'm loud. I'm being loud on purpose. So that's the difference. 
So Shayla likes the Shayla's always loud. Then when she gets up, upset, she's loud with the tone. And she feels like it's okay because, hey, I'm always loud. And she goes under the guise of, hey, I can't tell that I'm loud. Just let me know. So then when I let her know that she's loud by also being loud, now she's upset because I'm loud with her. So at the end of the day, just keep normal tones because otherwise it's going to lead to a yelling match. And that doesn't benefit anybody. Right, Shayla? Yeah. Because I'm going to win the yelling match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rule number four, don't make snide remarks or insults. This is another counterproductive practice that gets all discussions derailed. And this just leads to an asshole contest. And once again, right, Shayla, I win that contest, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. So, like, you, yeah, no more, <laughs> normally you win asshole contest. However, like, if we're arguing and I say some really, like, like snide thing, sometimes you just walks away. So sometimes, like, and you know, and so here's the thing: Taylor <laughs> didn't win that. So first of all, everybody that out there knows me that has ever spent more than like five minutes around me knows I'm an asshole for the most part. Now, if I walk away because Shayla made some snide ass remark or a little slick shit she likes to say, it's because I know what I'm gonna say next is gonna be so hurtful that we probably won't talk for a very long time. <laughs> And I weigh my options and realize I'm going to go ahead and step out of this one because this is going to get super counterproductive and I'm really going to hurt her feelings. So so instead of Shayla thinking she won, she should probably say thank you. No, I don't I don't even I'm not <laughs> even saying I won. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm just saying that that's a way that the conversation ends because <laughs> sometimes I'm like oh my god we've been talking for so long so and I'm just so you, frustrated so just told you she says some slick shit to get the conversation to end sometimes super productive right no but it's super just so this is what I'm saying we have the tools but we struggle with it too like we're not doing this because we're perfect we're just doing this to help other people basically we're sitting here with a pile of wood <laughs> hammer nails screwdriver and no goddamn plans on how to build this damn house that's where we're at. <laughs> <Shirley>. No, <laughs> we're building this house. Duh. Okay, so another one. Haha. <laughs> Don't talk over one another. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, even in this podcast, oftentimes we end up talking over one another. So, <clears throat> this is something that's gonna happen <clears throat> sometimes. And honestly, like you know, like sometimes you can like be telling a story and then the other person knows the story and they're like oh and this is this so like it happens sometimes in like jest and you know you like whatever but when it happens during an argument it gets people pissed off because you're like it's almost like when you're like raising your voice you're talking over the other person probably with a raised voice so who's gonna talk louder and more so it's important when you're arguing to try not to talk over one another, to try to let the other person kind of get what they want out, hopefully not ridiculously long-winded, and then you, you know, respond to whatever it is that they um, said. So basically what Shayla tried to do is slide in real <laughs> slick that she talks over me because I talk too much. And then if, if I just am giving free range to talk because she doesn't let me talk, that I will just talk for hours and she will never get to say anything. And then apparently she'll forget what she has to say and then somehow that'll be an issue because some, apparently what she had to say was so very important. <laughs> but when you talk over each other, it just, it just turns into a contest of who can talk the most. 
Because if you cut that other person off every single time, now all they, they don't care about what you have to say, and they're just waiting for you to shut up, or they're going to try to talk back over you so they can get their point out. And it's just a who can talk the most match. And once again, right, Shayla, I win that match, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, everything we do turns into who's going to win this argument. We're, we're horrible at this. Don't listen to what we're saying. <laughs> Listen to what we're saying. Listen to what we're saying and and learn. Do as we say, not as we do. Right now, I'm trying to talk. Shayla's cutting me off. I'm trying to help him. Been around us knows that Shayla like like she said. Well, she said, oh, sometimes somebody can be telling a story to another person. She's saying sometimes detail stories, and I just jump in and cut him off and finish the story. It goes vice versa. It goes both. No, sir. Yes, it absolutely does. Moving along. Rule number six. Don't argue in front of the kids. These are, this is one of the rules that I try to use my best because Shayla likes to undermine me in front of the children. And she, she feels what? like I undermine her anyway. Don't have, try not to have disagreements in front of your kids. Or matter of fact, let me step back. Not that you don't have disagreements. Show your children that... Show your children a more effective way to handle disagreements. Don't, don't put them under the false sense of reality that... Oh, once I get married, we're never going to fight and it's going to be a perfect world because we all know it most certainly will not be. Just show them effective ways to communicate with other people. Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> kind of to pay back what he said, I feel like you should like it's you should have healthy arguments in front of your children because you don't want your children to think that your relationship is perfect. I mean, how many relationships like back in the day? like maybe ended up in divorce when the kids were adults and they were like, but my family was perfect because you didn't realize what kind of arguments they were having behind closed doors. I think it's really important to show that life isn't perfect and relationships aren't either. That you're going to have arguments, but you're going to get through them. So, you know, have arguments in front of your kids that aren't like huge, you know, full blown out yelling matches. But, you know, have like have have arguments so they can see like, you know what? They're not perfect. They argue like they don't they don't agree here and they argue about this but they resolved it so when they get in a relationship as they get older they don't find that they need perfection and if any small thing happens they feel like oh my gosh i need to end this relationship because like this this is not perfect like my parents so i don't think you should show your children's perfection because that's not realistic i think you should you should be able to argue in front of your kids and they see that like we can get past this even as as kids like when you have friends like you they might have an argument with their friend and think oh my god my friendship is over because it wasn't perfect no like you can have an argument and then y'all can be friends again i think it's important to show your kids that it's not about perfection in relationships it's about just getting over those humps that you have those arguments that you have getting over them successfully okay rule number seven don't break down your spouse break down their statement so um that goes again to you know no insults um like don't insult them if you have an issue on you know what they said um uh respond to that so respond to what they say don't respond to them so instead of being like um you know like you're stupid be like that shit you said was mad stupid (laughs) (laughs) yes or you don't even have to say stupid. Like, you, you could be like, you know what? Like, that's... That shit you said was mad dumb. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, no. Like, listen to... L- l- let me repeat what you said so you can hear what it sounds like. <laughs> hear how stupid you <laughs> <laughs> And then maybe they'll be like, okay, well, I didn't mean that. I meant this. So don't, like, sit here and insult them. But 
like you know show them like maybe what they're saying isn't um you know, logical. <laughs> have I ever done that to you, Shayla? Have All I, the time. No, 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 no. See, I can't even finish. Shayla, fucking letting me talk. You're not even letting me talk. Like, you're not listening to your own damn rules of engagement. <laughs> have I ever said, this is the shit you just said, and you're like, yeah, that shit was mad dumb. Like, why? I don't know what, I don't even know what's wrong with me. That shit was wild stupid. Um, oh, not like completely that. So once again, but once I have again, like these rules. <laughs> no, D has said D has like we've been arguing, and I say something, and D repeats back, and I've laughed like, okay, maybe, maybe that bugging. didn't make sense. I'm bugging. <laughs> maybe maybe when it came out, it sounded better than when I hear it. Quite from often, someone else. I'm, I'm asking say though, what like what the fuck did you just say? Like, are you serious right now? Like, did you even hear what just came out of your mouth? But once again, we're back to Shayla has bad hearing. And she can't hear herself, which apparently is why she talks so loud. She can't hear herself. So when the words come out of her mouth, they like it was somebody else said in another room. She didn't even hear it. So I got to repeat it back to her. Moving along. Rule number eight. Approach all conflicts with an end game of understanding resolution and increased love. Always go into discussion knowing that you're fighting for we, not me. As much as I joke about being right and I'm arguing just to be right, if, if I'm arguing just to be right, it's defeating the purpose of our union. I can't be right and alone. Well, I mean, I can be, and I, I'm usually right. But quite often I have to concede. Quite often I have to understand that Shayla is purely coming from a place of emotion. And as much as I try to talk logically, if she feels a certain way about something, there's really no getting through that. So that's a lot of that. Like, I've learned over the years of our... 10 plus years of marriage and our what 17 plus years of knowing each other Mm -hmm. something like that almost 18 um I've learned that it's it's better just to walk away because if I try to force my point across to Shayla and she's stuck in this makes me feel this way she'll never ever ever like understand what I'm saying like it's it's just she she just doesn't have that and quite often I can't necessarily although I understand that she's coming from an emotional place I can't necessarily understand her emotions I can't understand how her, how she feels that emotional way about a topic and doesn't just understand that I'm right um, <laughs> so I mean sometimes it's better just to walk away and try to figure out a better approach so. I think yeah it's absolutely important to like approach a conflict like this and then again like if you can like come into an argument and just think like okay we want to get through this like we don't want to like end up in it we want to get through this argument that will help not have like the insults and the talking over and all that so you try to get like through it like you understand okay I'm gonna like every every argument really is about compromise regardless like you might be like I'm 100% right but if if it starts an argument that other person doesn't believe that so in the end it has to be about compromise so that helps come out of it with an understanding like you're not going to come the majority of the times you're not going to come out of it with the other person being like you're 100% right it's not going to happen. So at some point, you're going to compromise. Whether you still have 80% and the other person's like, you know, gets 20, you have that like compromise. So you get through that and you like understand that like it's not about you being right. It's about you getting through this argument or this, you know, discussion 
with the other person um in like you know a positive manner and you still come out with a good end result it might not be a hundred percent what you felt like the end result should be but in the end it could still be a good end result and be successful so rule number nine the statute of limitations on the usage of the statement you always blank or you never blank is 18 months attempt to focus on growth and progression i'm not sure why he said 18 months shoot i have a terrible memory i don't know what happened 18 months ago um so i think I think it's different. Like if something is consistent, consistent all the time, like absolutely like, you know, bring it up. Like you're like last week you did this yesterday, you did this. But if it's like last year, like, oh, like you did, (coughs) excuse me, like you did something last year and you're going to bring it up and it's been a whole year and none of that has happened. I mean, unless it's like some huge, huge thing like cheating or something. But outside of that, like, like small things shouldn't be brought up again like if you have that issue like discuss that the issue is bothering you if it's like if the other person is like completely like blank like I don't know where this is coming from you can bring up like hey remember last year when we had the same issue like you know I thought we were past it like it's been a whole year like what changed that made it go back to this or you know whatever you need to do but it's important not to like keep bringing up old stuff especially relationships that have been going on for you know 5, 10, 15 years, it's important to not bring up stuff that's so old um, that you just kind of like bring up too much stuff and it ends up being a huge, a much bigger argument than it should have been in the first place. Well, the reason that I said 18 months is because if you get past that, like if you get into you, you, you always do this. Two years ago, you did this. Like there are things that consistently, I mean, we are who we are and there are things that I can consistently say Shelly, you did it two days ago, two weeks ago, two years ago, 20 years ago, and vice versa. Like, we're going to be the same person, but if we're consistently saying, you've done this since year five, or you've done this since I met you, then we're never allowing that person to grow. If that person, like, truly wants to grow and, and, is, and is trying, and they slip up, like, if I've, if I've been trying not to curse, and everybody knows me in my mouth, but I've been trying not to curse for the last year and then you bring up something I did well you know like if I've been going consistently strong for five months and then I slip up and you say see look same thing you always do blah 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 well you're not giving me time to grow like I'm gonna I'm gonna fail we all we all fail but we have to we have to grow so it's an arbitrary like date just the whole point of it this arbitrary amount of time but just understand that give people opportunities to grow and stop hitting them with the like, you've always done this, you always do this. Like, you're telling someone you never change. Rule number 10, let it go. Move on with your life and your relationship. Don't hold grudges. Get out of your feelings. But if you feel wrong in any way, shape, or form, by all means, speak up on that issue. The point of it all is to gain and provide understanding. If you feel like you need, if you feel like your needs are not properly addressed, attempt to find a more effective way to relay that. But please don't stew in your feelings because you feel like you didn't get your way or you didn't like what someone said to you. We have to move on. Like, in an argument, as in all arguments, sometimes things are not going to go your way. Sometimes things might be said that, that upset you to a, certain, uh, to a certain extent. And if you just hold on to that feeling, well, then we never can really grow. Like, if, if you piss me off because we're arguing, <clears throat> excuse me, and quite often when Shayla and I are arguing, 
just the fact that I have to argue. Like, I don't like arguing. I like to debate. I don't like arguing, especially not over the same issues over and over again. And for all y'all that are married, and for anybody, you know, and for anybody who's not married, being married is having the exact same argument over and over again for the rest of your life. And that annoys the living shit out of me. I don't want to have the same arguments over and over again. That's being married. That's being a parent. You're saying the same things over and over again. I had to tell my, my son to move his shoes out of the doorway. And every day he walks in, he takes his shoes off and then walks into the kitchen and then walks back upstairs. And he walks back and forth over those shoes over and over and over again. And it drives me absolutely insane to the point where I want to burn his shoes. But it just is what it is. So let it go. So, <laughs> I think I'm better at this than D is. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. D is Absolutely like horrible. he will hold a grudge for life forever. Um, if you've wronged him, um, like he is fine with never talking to you again in his life. Like he's perfectly fine with writing you off. That's absolutely right. So D is, um, this is a struggle for D for me. It's not. And I don't know if it's because my memory's like shot to shit. But um, like I let go quick. Like we can have an argument, like a full on yelling and screaming. I'm crying match. And I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm better. And like I could talk to him and he's still upset. Like he's still pissed off like that whole day. And then sometimes like I have an issue. I'm like, well, he's still mad. I should still be mad. So I try to still be mad. And then I forget that I was still trying to be mad. And then I'm like nice and talking and he still has an attitude. And I'm like, damn it. I forgot I was still supposed to be mad at him. So I have like my let it go like meter is. Like on a hundred, I let stuff go all the time. And I'm on like five. <laughs> so, so I think um, I do a very good job with that. D still um, struggles with that, um, but I think I, I think maybe I, I don't know. It works out maybe because um, since I let it go and he doesn't, if we both didn't let it go, like we would already be divorced. So I think I think it's you know we balance each other out. But then on with the flip side of that, that, if we both let everything go nothing would ever get done because just the fact that i won't let things go at times is the only reason that like anything moves in this house like me having to come in and said i told you to do this i told this kid to do this i told that kid to do this this is supposed to get done this person has to be this way like every single day i'm having to say the same thing over and over again and i'm pissed (coughs) off because i'm having to say the same thing over and over again gets people moving because they know what happens when i get pissed off but the thing about it is Shayla said, like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with cutting someone off. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that, may very, that very well is true. But the fact is, if I cut you off, you did something to deserve being cut off. Like, it's never just, uh, you know, something arbitrary. I can't even come up with an example. But it's never just you did something and I'm so, like, I don't know, in my feelings that I just, I'm never going to speak to you again because you upset me. Like, literally, you earned never being spoken to again. Shayla has to learn the hard way. Like, Shayla has had friends in life that did wrong by her, that she kept letting do wrong by her. And, I, and I'm telling her, Shayla, like, why are you still dealing with this person? Or, or a job or anything. Like, Shayla will stick with a job forever because she lets everything go. One time, Shayla had staph infection in her back and was at working at Red Lobster. We were in college. <laughs> And they wouldn't let her leave to go to the emergency room. And she's like, well, I'll just go after my shift is over. I literally had to go in there and say, you're taking your ass to the hospital right now. These people don't give a shit about you. 
Because if they did, they would care about the fact that you're in the kitchen crying because you're in such pain and they're still making you serve tables. But Shayla let it go and move on. And I have to step in and say, no, this isn't right. So See, we balance each other out. I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> yes, that's that's what it... Um... Sure, that's apparently what it is, according mm-hmm. to Shayla. Mm-hmm. So... All right. Rule number 11. Allow appropriate amounts of necessary space to process. Um, So I think, you know, some people come out of arguments easier. You know, like some people like you have an argument, you talk about it, you discuss it. And then sometimes it's like, okay, like we're good. You know, the argument's fine. Now, sometimes if the argument's like a little more like heated, um, other people take a little longer to like process what what like. Like, everything. Everything that was said, everything that was done, good, bad, the ugly. It takes a while to be like, okay. And it's partially that whole let it go thing, too. Like, you process what the information that was given and the result that you got. But then at the same time, you think, like, man, this person said this. You know, like, you have to, like, this person said this and I don't like that. And I felt like that was an insult or I felt like this. So, I think you do, it takes... It takes a little while. Like, you can't just jump right out of an argument um, and just be, like, happy-go-lucky and everything's fine. Like, it does take a while. Like, whether it's you argue and then you still got stuff. You know, you have kids, you have family, you have stuff to do. You come back later, you know, and then you're better. Or you argue about a certain situation. And then when the same similar situation comes around again, you do things differently. And that's how, you know, you come out of it. But I think it is important to... um, just allow and there's no I don't think there's any like set amount of time like I know like for D D needs a little extra time than me and I think you know like I I try to give him that time and I try to gauge how long and sometimes I like you know get in there a little early and I'm like okay let me back on up I should you know I should have waited a little longer but I think it's important to process you know however long it takes you to process after an argument Sheila's absolutely right um and I think, like you said, it's totally tied into the let it go situation. And seeing as we've already discussed that I'm one of those can't let it go people, I need space and time to decompress from confrontation. Um, because there's something about me that when I'm upset, I want to hurt people. Um, Shayla's, Shayla's not, she's a, such a good natured person. And that's why she can let things go and move on. Me, I want to hurt you. And be that physical, be that verbal, mental, emotional, like that, like we were discussing earlier, that I'll walk away when Shayla makes a snide remark because my next step right there is going to be something extremely hurtful. So I'll just stop talking and walk away. And we've, we've not filmed or we've not recorded podcasts because Shayla and I got into an argument before and like, we just, you know what, I'm not going to do this now. We argue when we go on, when we go on trips and vacations <laughs> because Shayla's so scatterbrained and all over the place and it stresses me out because I'd rather be much more structured about the things we do unless we discuss the fact that this is just a trip where there's going to be no structure and we're just going somewhere. But we don't discuss it. It has to be structure. I feel like it's it fine. When you're on like, vacation, like it should be like, month, let's just go. Like for instance, next month, I want to go to Seattle. And the plan was go to Seattle for a day and a half and then just come back. No structure. We're just going to go. We're going to, hey, let's go do this. Hey, this is over here. Let's do that. Whatever. But if we're going somewhere and we have plans or we say, hey, we want to do this and we want to do this. Once we start discussing about things that we like actually want to do, I need it to be structured. 
or I need there to be set like predetermined that there's no structure. And when it's not, it stresses me out. And then we begin to argue, and then that makes a trip bad because now that we're arguing and I'm in a mood, I need to be away from you, and I need to decompress. And unfortunately, like sometimes my my decompression state might be a couple of days, and we might, we're on vacation and we only have a couple of days, and therein lies the problem. So, on one end, you need to learn to allow the appropriate amounts of necessary space for processing, and on the other end, the other spouse needs to learn to let it go, and Shayla and I need to learn to meet in the middle. So those are our rules. Our first question is, Shayla, if your child was suspended from school for being involved in a fight in which they were defending themselves, would you punish that child for being suspended? No, um, I would not. And then I would also like go to the school like, what what is this about? Like, I think I think it's important. Like, <clears throat> I think when you this is like the hard thing with bullying in school. So someone gets bullied and eventually they stand up for themselves. And when they stand up for themselves and like maybe somebody hits them and they hit that person back, they get suspended as well, which I don't think is right because it's the school's responsibility to make sure that they don't get bullied in the first place. And if it is brought to their attention, it is it is their responsibility to make sure they nip it in the bud before it gets to the to the point where it's a fight. So if my kid has to defend himself, no, they won't get in trouble. And two... Um, I'll be at the school, like, having discussions with administration. Well, the thing about um, going to the school is I'm pretty sure there was a parent-teacher guide that you didn't read that says there's zero tolerance. So, for all of y'all out there that went to the HU, the one and only Hampton University, and know about Out by Five... You can most certainly be defending yourself. You got in a fight out by five. And so zero tolerance at our kids' school means that they get into a fight. Like, they're going to be repercussions, whatever they may be. So you can most certainly go to the school and talk to administration about the issue, but don't expect it to change anything. Um, But to answer the question, um, most certainly not. If my kids get suspended for school for defending themselves, I might just take the day off and we're going to go party. Um, what what they would get punished for at home is if I were to get a call saying my kid's getting bullied and they didn't do anything about it. That's most certainly not going to take place. Our kids uh, take MMA lessons. Our kids take boxing lessons. And I most certainly expect for them to knock the shit out of somebody, whoever decides to put their hands on them. Hell, I told my son that if anybody touches his sister, they better jump him. Shayla told me apparently that's wrong to say to tell my kids to jump somebody. But I know what. Like, my son better not come home and I hear somebody touched his sister and he didn't go handle that. Although, <laughs> his sister is the exact same size as him and probably the biggest kid in damn fourth grade. But he better be there. He better be there and let her go ahead and shoot the fair one with that kid. And if anything gets out of hand and that kid starts getting there, he better go punch that kid in his face. That's just where I'm at on that. If you're getting bullied in school and you don't do anything about it, I'm gonna go ahead and bully you at home because you apparently like being bullied. So it's either fight the kids in school or fight or fight me when you get home, which we had to do with our oldest son, and he stopped getting bullied. So my plan worked. Our next question, Shayla, how do you teach your children independence? Um, so I think it's important, even from like you know little little babies. I think it's important to show them like, hey, pick up your toy. 
you know, hey, do this. Hey, get your cup. Get, you know, like it's important to show them like they have um, kind of autonomy in what they do. Like you can, you know, you can, you can get yourself some Cheez-Its or you can get yourself some, you know, like a little snack or, you know, a water bottle. Or you can like, you after you're eating, you should put your stuff away in the sink. I think um, chores is a big one for us. Um, and each kid has a set chore like everybody that's old enough can wash does can and does wash their own clothes so our oldest three who are 16 10 and 9 wash their own clothes and they've been doing it since they were like five um like five or six so um one because that's seven people to wash clothes for and i'm not doing it and two, because they're old enough to know. And when they get older, I don't want them to be one of those kids in college that are like, I don't know how to wash clothes. I don't know how to use the washing machine. Like, you know, that's not okay. So I think it's important to um, definitely, like, have chores. I think it's important, like, when you have siblings, too, like, um, teaching them to in- be independent is also um, good with helping them help others too so like our oldest help the younger ones and I think that helps them to be um more mature and kind of more independent because they know like okay like somebody's depending on me um to do this so when they're out on their own they're able to do for themselves more because they now they're not only doing for themselves but for you know somebody else as well I think um it's also important um to like have a set um schedule like um okay like we're, we're gonna do this you're gonna go to practice you're gonna come home you're gonna take a shower after you take a shower get dressed you know so the kids so they already know like they come home they walk in they're like okay i'm gonna eat they leave they get from their um place where they're sitting they put their dishes in the sink and then they get ready for a shower and then you know get their stuff ready for bed like even katie the five-year-old she gets her own she gets her own school uh school clothes the next day like we don't pick her clothes at all like she picks her own clothes so i think it's important to like allow them to do that and so they feel like independent the only thing i have to add to what shayla says is definitely like make them do things for yourself be there to help but don't do everything um I, I think another part of independence is not allowing them to constantly sleep in bed with others be it you or their siblings um, our youngest daughter definitely will, has her moments where she goes through trying to sleep in everybody's bed. Um, and their nights, um, thunder nights, when there's thunder, she, <laughs> she always goes and sleeps in Kingston's bed. So we have to get out of that. Um, I don't allow night lights. I think it's an irrational fear of being scared of the dark because, I mean, monsters aren't real, apparently. So no closet light on, no night lights. I know that Shayla and my mother like to turn the lights on when when I'm not looking, so I just go behind them and turn the lights back off. Um, Toughen your kids up. I think also provide them with time and opportunity for independent activities. Reading books, arts and crafts, playing with toys, which which, um, promotes using your imagination. Be by yourself. Like, I think those are the only additions I have. Okay, so the next one. At what age do you allow your daughter to wear makeup outside of the house? So, I know that when I was in middle school, I used to sneak and wear makeup. I used to literally, like, leave the house with no makeup, get to school early, put makeup on. Like, (laughs) before my parents came home, made sure to wash my face off. Um, So, I think 
I think it's you know I would allow um, that's a record show Shayla's always also a teenage mother be quiet I would allow um, in middle school I would allow some some I think it's I think for girls like it's 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 more than just like I want to be grown and wear makeup and wear false eyelashes and all that stuff like I think for girls like you know in middle school puberty starts they start getting acne they start you know and it's like self it helps with self confidence wearing makeup makes your skin worse no stop it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily no you can wear like good makeup and then wash your face every day so I think I think it's important like it might you know it could help them like if they have like a lot of acne like you could like you know let them use a little like powder on their face to cover up some stuff and you know like a little lip gloss i'm not talking like full on like you know face i'm going out makeup but i don't i don't see a problem with a little bit of makeup in middle school just depending on the situation not like full on just a little bit not gonna happen like no by no stretch of imagination <laughs> unless you're saying by a little makeup you're talking about lip gloss like that <laughs> my my daughters are not gonna be putting makeup on in freaking sixth grade it's not gonna happen not gonna happen i'm not talking about sixth grade I'm sixth grade like, is middle school i know i'm talking about more like you know seventh grade no i'm talking about no like no like they can play around in the house for all you like I, I really don't even like that but i'll freaking allow it it's not happening I will burn down all the makeup. I'll throw your makeup out. Like, there will be no makeup in the house. It's not going to happen. No matter how old are you when you go to college. Like, that's how old they can be when they wear makeup. They can wear it to prom and homecoming. Like, those, that's it. That's, that's what you get. Like, it's not happening. They don't need makeup. You're saying because you have bad skin, so let me let me cake makeup on my skin. I'm not talking about cake You're talking about go get some super nice makeup that won't mess up your skin? Yeah, so let's spend a bunch of money on I have... Makeup. You won't have makeup if you let our daughters work and wear makeup <laughs> in middle school because I'm throwing it's every. I'm throwing every. You gonna be sneaking. He won't even like know. Them. The thing you is, you gonna be just like them sneaking around trying to put makeup on. The I'm thing done. is, he wouldn't even know ben that I they were wearing makeup ben because I'm know. not talking about like yeah. eyeliner and like mascara That's and it. lipstick or blush. I'm talking about like you know a light powder on their face you if they I have won't issues. Know because I won't be able to look at them and tell. You he won't he will be able to notice. You think I can't tell when you have makeup on? I mean, Shayla, stop it. Never mind the fact that y'all leave y'all shit everywhere in the house. You think I won't see the makeup? You think I won't come across it? You think I don't go through their room now and see what's going on? And in high school, I think they, they they should have they should definitely have a little. Um, I think in high they school should they should have a bunch of books and be worried to about wear books a little bit and a damn basketball. And have I'm not talking about life. full on. We're not putting makeup. Not gonna happen. This not is see. This is happen. a discussion that we're gonna have to go through the. Um, no, we just had the discussion. That we're gonna was, have the, discussion the is over. 11, 11 rules. <laughs> discussion is over at a later date the discussion um, discussion's over hey, this one's not everybody done everybody out there come see me in two years <laughs> when our oldest daughter is in sixth grade we'll won't be we'll, sixth grade we'll discuss it come see me in three years and four years yeah and, we and remember we had we'll this see. conversation yeah remember this <laughs> okay next parent tips so um so my parent tip I think I've said this before a little bit is um, I just had a conversation with a new friend the other day. I th- it's have a village. Like whether you're a single parent or you're a two parent household, I think it's important to have a village, to have friends, like minded individuals, um, you know, preferably like where your kids are the same, around the same age. But if not, like that's fine too. I think it's important because I feel like 
nobody can do this. I mean, you can do it, but it's even more of a struggle. Like you shouldn't have to do it completely alone. You know, like you should have help and like that village, like we're a two parent household and trust me, our village is huge. Like we have so many people that we, you know, we can depend on and that we absolutely appreciate. And if they need anything from us, like we, we are there too. So I think it's very important to have a village and surround yourself with people that you trust and are like-minded um, that can like help you. Whether it's like, oh my gosh, I'm working late and I can't get my kid. Hey, um, do you mind picking up my kid from school? Or do you mind keep picking up you know the kid from daycare? And it's a friend, and they're like, yeah, no problem. Or you know, you have. Um, a work trip over the weekend and you're like hey um do you mind keeping keeping you know like so and so for the weekend and you know it's like give and take but i think it's important to have a village my parent tip is to teach your children to knock before walking into a room with a closed door it helps them learn to learn and respect boundaries and it helps you to prolong having the talk with them not saying put off having the talk with them as long as possible but it helps you a little bit but just in case make sure the locks on your doors work um, no one wants to explain why mommy and daddy wrestle every night. But I, in our house, like, I will kick a kid. If I'm sitting there with myself and the door is locked and they just bust in, which they like to do, I will definitely make them walk back out, close the door and lock before they come in. I think the only time I don't is, you know, when they come in to wake me up in the morning, if they happen to get up before I do. But just teach your kids to respect boundaries. Um, my parent confession. I had one written down and I decided to change it. Um, this will be my first parent confession that's kind of serious. I feel like, and, and two things prompted this. One, I read um, a Facebook post by a friend that I think is an incredible mother. And we went to college together and she wrote a super long post about how she consistently feels like she's failing her job as a mother or a wife or a um, lawyer or just just in different areas she consistently feels like she's failing and that kind of ties into Shayla's uh, comment about having the village and understanding I feel like I have failed our oldest son to this point on making him mentally tough I think he's struggling with that and quite a bit of that is on me I didn't do my job as a father to get him where he needs to be Regardless of what roadblocks I may have or what impediments may have been there or just situations in the way, um, that was on me to find, or it is on me, not was, that is on me to figure out how to help him get to where he needs to be. He's a junior. He has a year and a half left in our house. Um, so he needs to be prepared to live, out, live on his own, go out into the world and be a man. And it's my job to make him a man. I want, I decided to go on a more serious one because I think that all parents at some point in time feel like they're failing as such. And it's never too late to turn it around. Most certainly it's not, most times it's not too late to turn it around. But we'll say it's never too late to turn it around. So you just have to find a better course of action. Shall we? So <clears throat> my parent confession is, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm kind of a lazy mom. Like when Dee's at work and I'm tired, I like I'm absolutely not a morning person. Like I am. It was not an all day person. I am absolutely not a morning person. So in the morning when Dee's at work and I have to get the kids up for school, 
uh, what actually happens, well, either sometimes when we're us too, like when, when he's home, this kind of happens. So the kids, so the nine, 10 and five year old, so the nine and 10 year old have an alarm clock. So they wake up, they get ready. They make sure to wake the five year old up and the three year old inevitably wakes up too. a lot of times and ending up in our bed in the morning. Um, cause she doesn't have to go till later. Um, so they set an alarm, they wake up, they get ready, they brush their teeth, they go downstairs, they eat breakfast, they help the five-year-old with breakfast, they make their lunches, and they help the little ones with their lunches. So after that, they wake me up <laughs> to take them to school. So I literally like walk downstairs, whatever, literally out of the bed, walk downstairs, go outside, take them to school and come back. So um, I think this is also the whole like it ties into, you know, your kids being independent, too, because, you know, our kids, nine and ten year old, um, we're not we don't like I don't think you have to like be like a slave to your children all the time. I think it's important to allow them to help themselves and help others, especially when they have siblings. So my confession is I'm kind of a lazy mom because my kids are amazing and they do that and they know I'm not a morning person so they allow me to sleep till literally the last minute in the morning and um they're awesome that is all so favorite kid so um i have like a dual favorite kid or like a tri favorite kid so um i would say shaden kingston and bella are my favorite kid of the week um because it ties into my parent confession i think um they're awesome. Like, Shaden will help. Like, I'll call him, make sure the other kids are up. Um, like, he helps. He, he helps, like, you know, in the evenings. Last night, I'm sure Dee told him that he made he made tacos. Um, did you tell him? I didn't tell him. I just left it out and I let him figure it out. And I'll put it in the refrigerator. Okay, well, then no. Well, okay. That's... so. He's in charge now. Shaden came. <laughs> Shaden, I was at the gym working out, and Dee was at the gym with the kids playing basketball. And Shaden took it upon himself to get the meat for tacos, and he made the tacos, so he made dinner last night on his own. With I thought Dee told him. That's even better. Um, nobody told him. He made the tacos. Um, and Kingston and Bella, I mean, they all, like, helped so much with like stuff around the house and with their younger siblings like they're such a big help and I think um they are such amazing kids and they're all my favorites of the week or the last couple weeks I forgot when the last time we did a podcast is if they're all your favorite then you should let me reward them by taking them to Africa which is where they all want to go there is a plague in Africa Africa. there's a plague in Africa the plague. Africa. First of all, the plague is in Madagascar. No, the plague is not just in Madagascar. So everybody, in Mas- everybody in Africa is dying right now. Not everybody in Africa, but there are d- like all definitely people. Yes, it's a from, lot of places in Africa. From north to south, east to west. The yes, I even continent. look because it's South Africa too. There's a bunch of places in like. This is not true. Shayla. There's a bunch of countries in Africa that are anywhere. suffering from the plague right I, now. I wanted to, our, myself and the kids would like to travel all over the world, and Shayla has stopped. Every, we every can chance. do that as long as we can Why come we back alive and well. Why did we go to Japan two years ago? The kids were small. I'm not taking small kids to Japan. They're not even going to remember. Like We're going to do all this stuff and they're not going to remember so the trip that they took. They were small so too. We Seven and eight, they're small. Now they're older so, and they'll so remember. So as an eight-year-old, if you don't remember anything you did as eight. No. You don't remember anything you did last year. I don't know. I don't remember. So I don't really remember. As an eight-year-old. I don't remember elementary school much. They, where they, where they, they went to Japan. 
No, vaguely. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Vaguely. They'll be like, I remember, I kind of remember. There's pictures. Stop it. You're you're ruining life. So anyway, there's a plague. If the plague goes away, we can go. But there's a plague. So I'm not trying to bust this bubble, but clearly somebody has to be the responsible one and research the areas that we're trying to go to make sure we don't get blown up or get hit by a hurricane or die from the plague. Thank you. Who's your favorite Somebody kid? Somebody has to be the responsible who's one. Who's your favorite kid? the person who just said they sleep and then the kids wake you up. Like, as soon as Shaden gets They're the responsible. driver's license, you're not, like, he's going to take the kids to school. They're responsible. So the second he can start driving, he's taking the kids to school. What do you do? I delegate. That's what I you do. delegate while you sleep? Stop. I delegate the duties of Stop that it. in the morning to them. And no they wake me up. How our, why our son, like, cooked dinner. I thought you told them. I thought you delegate. I do delegate, shut, shut but I thought anyway, you told him. Back to because as soon as he got home, he texted me a question about it. Probably because he was hungry. That has to do with probably, him trying to help But he normally hungry. he would just so make something random, not make he the food. He opened the refrigerator to figure out what, what was in there. Saw that meat and was like, I would like tacos. Might as well make as much. But as normally I can, he wouldn't. I'm about to go in. He, no, you can't just make one taco. You got to make all the damn meat. Okay, Moment your favorite forward, kid. My favorite kid is Blue, our middle daughter. She's matured so much this school year and I feel like she's been my favorite for this exact same reason before but it's, it's absolutely amazing like the fact that she literally was crying saying she didn't want to go to school like during the summer she did not want to go to school she said she didn't want to learn she didn't want to do anything she wanted to stay in her week little it wasn't even like a pre-k really it was just damn Mother's Day Out program like she, she didn't want to learn um but she's grown so much. She wants to be more responsible and independent. Like you said, she like Shayla said before, she gets up and she picks out her own clothes, which, you know, she always likes to do that. But she helps make her lunch. She's she's concerned with times now, even though she can't fully, like, like tell time. She's more concerned with time. She talks about doing her ball handling and getting shots up. Um, she avoids it, but she discusses it as much as she can. She's less whiny. And this might be because she's spending less time at home with Nana because Nana babies her and apparently that's what Nanas do. And she's got she's just gotten so excited about learning and, and that's really a big thing for me. She loves reading. Shout out Miss Rodriguez, she's a real MVP. Her teacher's incredible. She's uh she's pint size, so she's closer to my daughter's size, so apparently my daughter also likes that. But that's super important to me. I'm super happy that she is getting excited about learning. And that's our show for today. We greatly appreciate you joining us. Remember, it's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. We're just trying to help you sharpen the tools in your toolbox. And as always, we may not be perfect, but we're wholehearted. Thanks for listening.